Hello, New Hope Bram and those who are listening online. Welcome to New Hope Community Church. My name is Bill Berg. I'm the lead pastor here at New Hope, and I'm excited for the new series that we are doing during the month of June called We, Not Us or Them. And really based on the racial tensions that we've been experiencing over this last year that are still in a lot of dialogues even to date. And I think it's just important for us to talk about this, to look at what the Bible says about it, especially as, boy, COVID is uh, getting behind us, summer is kicking in here, and we're out and about with so many people. And so today I really want to look at what the Old Testament says about race, what the Bible has to say in the Old Testament. And in our house, we enjoy doing puzzles. I mean, we did actually quite a few puzzles over COVID. It just made sense. We were home quite a bit. We like doing puzzles and just sitting around doing them and and talking and visiting and that. But puzzle pieces are unique, right? Every one of them are unique. But every piece alone is incomplete without the other pieces of the puzzle. Together, they are complete, fulfill the picture of what the creator or the artist planned. You know, so it is with us. We are all unique. I mean, it's like the shirt I saw a few years ago. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken, right? I mean, we're all unique, yet we're incomplete without other people. Individually, we are humans, right? But together, we form the bigger picture of the human race or humankind. This was the creator, God's purpose for us individually and together. Now, regardless of our race, we are we. It's not an us or a them. A group of puzzle pieces together is still incomplete without the other groups of puzzle pieces. As we start this new series, I am basing it obviously off the Bible, but it's driven specifically by two verses, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. The Old Testament verse is Daniel seven fourteen. It says this, And to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. In Revelations then, in the New Testament, it's chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And it says, They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people, For God, from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. And that is the basis for this series. I like what Pastor Tim Keller states. He says, next to sex and gender... The subject of race is the most discussed topic in our culture today. Storms of rhetoric and conflict swirl around it every day in politics, the arts, the business, the media, and especially 
social media. Race is obviously a hot topic. I was reading a survey done by the Pew Research Institute, and they were asking different races how they viewed themselves. If their race helped them to be more successful, or because of their race, they weren't able to be as successful. It was very interesting to hear the responses, really across the board when it came to different races and people's view on whether it allowed them to be successful or if it was a hindrance to their success or their life. It was very surprising. You know, over this last year, I have been in a variety of dialogue groups on race with a variety of people from different backgrounds all over the state. And it's so interesting that the more you get to know a person who you believe is different than you, the more you realize that you're alike. It's just reality, right? Now, as we dialogue through this series called We, Not Us or Them, we do not dialogue apart from the Word of God. I like, again, what Pastor Tim Keller says about our perspective. He says, It is natural and right for Christians to speak in these conversations out of their personal experience. But since we believe that the Bible has the right to interpret our experience and to critique every culture, we must look to it as our final authority, right? You know, it's very similar to a car being aligned. You know, when you're driving your car and it's out of alignment, it's pulling itself one way or the other. When you take it into the shop and you put it on an alignment machine, the machine is the one that aligns it. The car doesn't align itself. And so what we're doing as Christ followers is we're bringing our perspectives, our experiences when it comes to race, and we're bringing it before God's word, we're bringing it before Jesus, and we're saying, Jesus, you align us to your view when it comes to race, when it comes to we, not us or them. And this is what we desire to do in this series. And so today I want to start this series by talking about, again, the Old Testament and race. And I want to start out by looking at the idea of, first of all, diversity and unity in the Trinity. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, it speaks of the diversity in the Trinity of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said by his word, let there be light. And there was light. We read over in John chapter 1, 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And we see over in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, it talks about, then God said, let us, us, make mankind in our image. And so 
The Bible begins with God fashioning the world through his creative word, Jesus, and his spirit, the Holy Spirit, a God that we know from the Bible to be triune. God is one, yet exists in three equal, eternal, and distinct persons. God is not more three than one, nor is he more one than three. He is perfect unity in diversity, and he's diversity in unity. You know, the implications of this are clear in the Bible. You know, like puzzle pieces, God urges people toward unity despite their diverse gifts and callings or backgrounds. In Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, we get this picture. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to be one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You know, the unity Paul calls for in this passage is motivated by an appeal to the unity that is in diversity in the Trinity. You know, one Spirit, one Lord, one God, and Father of all. You know, because God is unity in diversity, we must know unity in diversity across the diverse human barriers of race and culture. In Bruce Ware's book, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Relationships, Roles, and Relevance, he writes this, The one God is three. He is by very nature both a unity of being while also existing eternally as a society of persons. God is tri-personal. Reality is intrinsic in his existence as the one God who alone is God. He is a socially related being within himself. In this tri-personal relationship, the three persons love one another, support one another, assist one another, team with one another, honor one another, communicate with one another, and everything respect and enjoy one another. This diversity, yet unity in the Trinity, is a picture of the diversity and the unity God desires for humankind. But obviously, beyond the diversity and the unity in the Trinity, we recognize, secondly, the challenge with unity in diversity. And that is, diversity and unity was broken by trauma. Our diversity and unity was broken by trauma. We see this in Genesis chapter 3 and 4 and 9 and 11. When human beings turned from loving and serving God and literally told them to shove off in Genesis 3, the immediate result was an alienation between people. 
When Adam and Eve's eyes were opened after they sinned, they realized they did wrong. And their now sin nature kicked in. And they began to blame each other, which caused division in their unity. This alienation quickly led to violence in Genesis chapter 4. As we see Adam and Eve's older son, Cain, kill his younger brother, Abel. A few chapters later, we see this division of unity grow to a tipping point where God has to destroy the majority of the world through a flood and basically start out recreation 2.0, right? You know, after the flood, God calls the humans to spread out again and multiply, just like he did back in Genesis chapter 1. Yet they refused, and it says that they started to build a tower. And as it says in Genesis 11 verse 4, to make a name for themselves. Well, they wanted to build a society based on humankind's glory and no longer God's glory. So God ends up, as we know, confusing their language, which forces them to go off and eventually then inhabit and multiply in the world. So God's judgment reflects the self-inflicted results of sin on human community. Every culture that is not based on God will make an idol eventually and worship it, an ultimate value maybe, out of something else. And that idol then actually ends up causing division. You know, look at America in and of itself. What do we tend to set up as an idol? People's looks, people's position, money, material wealth, gender, family, race, someone's level of education or their level of skill, or even it may just be born into some level of privilege. But when we set up any of these as an idol, as what we most value or worship, you know, we obviously worship looks, we worship money here. If my highest value is one of these instead of God first and people second, the result of sin is humanity in its diversity breeds division instead of unity because these different idols separate us from one another. You know, oftentimes people talk about and poo-poo the caste system in India and how terrible that is. But in reality, all nations have different levels of caste systems, right? Don't we have different levels of caste systems when it comes to how people look and how we rank people's looks? or how we rank their education, or their wealth, their skills, whatever it might be, right? And in some sense, it's very similar to India's caste system and how we treat one another. So from the get-go, we have a picture of diversity and unity in the Trinity. 
But due to the trauma of sin, we now experience diversity that breeds division and not unity. You know, really, back to the puzzle, right? A puzzle's success is built on the diversity with unity. Nobody buys a puzzle, except maybe at goodwill, that has pieces who not who do not belong, right? I mean, all the pieces belong to the puzzle, and they're meant to belong to the puzzle, right? This is why, lastly, when it comes to the Old Testament and race, we need to realize that it is meant to be, number three, diversity and unity among the tribes. What God has desired for us is that we have diversity and unity among the tribes. You know, the Bible traces all human beings back to one couple, teaching that there is at the bottom really only one race, namely the human race. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 17.26, God made from one man every nation of humankind, While sin continually uses diversity to divide the human race, God's will is that 100% of all of us would be unified, would be in unity. You know, wouldn't anything less be disunity? Anything less than 100%? You know, it reminds me of the misprint I read about from the Cambridge Star years ago that actually ended up in the Reader's Digest. It said, in the Cambridge, Minnesota Star, Isani County Commissioner Tom Pagel has 100% support from his family, not 10%, as was stated in last week's article on Pagel's announcement to seek re-election. I mean... (laughs) You know, not a very good statement in the paper that his family is only 10% behind him. That's not unity. That is disunity. And so obviously the reprint of saying, no, we meant 100% are behind him. That is unity. Anything less is really disunity, right? And that is God's desire for us even in our diversity, that we would have 100% unity. God's desire in creation is not that we would conform and be a clone of one another, but that in our diversity, we, like puzzle pieces right here, would come together and by doing so, experience complete unity. This doesn't happen in and of ourselves, but when we start with God. In A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, he uses this illustration. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other. They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard, 
to which each one must individually bow. So 100 people together, each one looking to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be on their own. And so what this is telling us is that, man, left on our own, we cannot get to unity in our diversity. But if our hearts are tuned by God, if we allow him to come in, he, in our diversity, brings unity. Just like a thousand different puzzle pieces coming together brings the unity in their diversity to form the finishing picture. So as we look at the Old Testament and race, you know, in the beginning, there's diversity and unity in the Trinity and in creation. But this diversity and this unity was broken by the trauma of sin. But in this, God's ultimate desire is still 100% unity within and amidst our diversity of races, tribes, people. As South Carolina's Senator Tim Scott stated, we are the source for this unity, but Jesus is the resource in us to get us there. Let me repeat that. We are the source for this unity, but Jesus is the resource in us to get us there. Let's be that kind of people. People who seek unity in our diversity. Because at the end of the day, we're better together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you show us unity and diversity in yourself, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. How you love and serve each other. And although our sin has caused us to be broken in our unity because we are diverse and you made us this way, we pray that you would use us to bring unity back 100% in the diversity for your glory and for our good and our enjoyment and for the good of our communities, our county, our country, and our world as a whole. May we allow you to do this in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us at New Hope today.